did the arcades of the 1980s deliver a better experience than your Wi-Fi ever could? Search your parents' couch for quarters, and let's find out. Once again, it's time for the idiots. An objective defense of the 80s. From a couple of idiots. Welcome back to another episode of The Idiots, an objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of idiots. My name is Will, and joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Ray. How are we doing today? I'm doing okay. And it, things might sound different to our audience because we're actually recording live from 16-bit bar plus arcade or bar and arcade. Are you supposed to do math? when you? Did you see that sign? I don't know. I'm 45 minutes late, and I have no clue what's going on at okay. the moment. So well, keep drinking. You're your- in charge. Okay, keep drinking your adult beverage. Don't get too that close to the mic. Just a little bit less. I'm, I'm trying, buddy. Either speak a good volume and a little farther or speak louder and close. Right. I've never done the show completely sober before, so. Okay, very good. So <laughs> I'm going to just stall right now while Ray chugs an entire pint of beer. I think it's a pint. Is that a measurement of uh, alcohol? That's just to call it a tall boy. Okay. Um, in a little while, we'll be speaking with... Mike Clark, the marketing manager for Rise Brands, the parent company of 16-Bit Barn Arcade. And even a little later, we'll be speaking with our friend Brett, who not only worked in an arcade in the 1980s, but also is a gamer today. But first, 80s news. There we go. Okay, so hey, this is 80s news now. And who's going to be joining us? Can we grab... uh, I think superfan Jens is going right, to hey. talk first here. Okay, hey, Jens, let me grab We're gonna you. hand you a microphone. Let me grab you this microphone here. Let me see if I can hear you on it. Um... Say, say hello, Jens. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, there he is. Okay, hey, Jens. Um, thanks for joining us here at 16-Bit Born Arcade. <laughs> yeah, it's very convenient. It's right around the corner from my house. Is that right? Okay, so you know you could have said you had to travel uphill both ways or something <laughs> well, like that. technically, he got here by way of Atlanta, so. Oh, okay, right. By way of Akron. Yeah, um, originally from here, but moved yeah. to Atlanta for many years and then back to Ohio for the past year or so. Well, we're happy to have you back. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, as folks know, usually at the beginning of our show, we talk about 1980s news. 1980s news that's happening today that proves that the 1980s are still here to stay. So I've got a few things I wanted to run by you guys, okay? So first up, do either of you watch the show Glow? I do. I just uh, started watching the second season the other day. Oh, very good. Or the third season, I'm sorry. The new one. I haven't watched it, but if, is that about lady wrestling? It is. Yeah, that yeah is the, I haven't watched it yet. It's pretty good. That is the W in the in the word glow. Yeah, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, right? Yeah, it's about uh, the it's about oh, yeah, yeah. the eighties from back 80, in the yeah, that makes sense. The, uh, Why couldn't you just say that to begin with? The show is called Glow. Okay? I mean, the I whole name. Oh, the whole name is Glow. I said the whole name. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. If you would have said that, I would have okay. known what we were talking about. Yeah, it's about the actual. Yes, uh, it's not a makeup company show. Wrestling or something. Uh, show from back uh, in the eighties. It's 80s. the actual people. No, no, it's a like a reenactment. Yeah, it's like of a biopic kind all of, of the antics that they got like into a comedy drama or something. Yeah. I've never seen it, but it's pretty good. So uh, I thought this was interesting because we spent so much time talking about the pop culture of the nineteen eighties, and you made a comment I think on our first episode. How about one of the great things about the 1980s is some of the bad things about the 1980s because that's what made the pop culture so awesome. And so uh, I, f- I saw this article, I think it was in CNN, saying that um, this season, upcoming season, I think this might be the third season, so no spoilers. Are they yes, at the third? the third. Okay, so no spoilers, but they said that this season they're going to they're gonna focus on the more, um, see how they put it here, um, some of the, some of the, uh, they had a phrase here, I don't know, yeah, stall for me, right, there you go. How do you have spoilers from an 80s? Uh, Theme show. 
<laughs> hey, you don't had, we already know what happened? You've had 35 years to watch. Well, this is the behind the scenes of Glow. It's not the matches. Uh, you could know what was going to happen with I the matches. I thought I was stalling so you could find something. Okay, yeah, it's like are. the story of how it all happened. <laughs> should I, should I um, mic yeah. Shane in here? Yeah. No, yeah. no, we're going to bring in Shane also okay. since he's just hanging around yeah, okay. the table. So also joining us here at 16-Bit is another gentleman, Shane. Hey, Hi. Hey, I'm here by way of vagina. <laughs> <laughs> so do you watch Glow? No, but I did watch Glow back in the 80s. Okay. Do, would you have needed me to say Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling to know what I was talking about? No, I would not have. That All would right, not so have been a spoiler. Okay, very good. So wow. what this says is that the third season is actually going to focus on some of the less than rose-colored glass images, less than flattering, here it is, less than flattering uh, I- images, scenes, events from the 1980s, including, it says it opens. Have you started the third season yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. The oh, yeah. First, okay. uh, first scene is pretty pretty cool. And it, it, again, spoiler <laughs> alert, turn this off if you haven't in 35 years known that in 1986, the Challenger space shuttle didn't make it, right? It exploded. Okay, so this, the third season opens with that. Um, and then, um, supposedly a really cool moment, but they, the way they do it, deal with it on the show, but also... Throughout the whole season, we're told that they're going to deal with some of, I guess, less than flattering stuff, including the AIDS epidemic and tackling homophobia, uh, bulimia, uh, xenophobia, all these types of things that Ray loves to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, this doesn't sound like gorgeous ladies wrestling. Well, they were uh, ladies coming up in the 80s, so they had to no, deal with all sounds, of that stuff. It, yeah, it just sounds like another show about stuff I don't want to talk about. <laughs> Is the fabulous moolah in it? I don't they actually like change the names of the wrestlers, oh. so they're not the uh, the exact uh, the exact names right. for each character, but so, they're all similar to you know one that so you, it's like no one Hong Kong Brandy and <laughs> yeah, like they make like up that. different yeah, like uh, it's a different name. I think that's probably because of some sort of Legal rights issue. that the. Uh, the original uh, creators uh, yeah. have or something. Yeah, my guess, they actually mentioned that in one of the episodes, like something about the... Yeah, my guess is Vince doesn't want to let anybody use the names. Was yeah, that a, that was a Vince so. McMahon property? Everything is a Vince well, McMahon sure property. I don't know. It, they don't act like it is in there. It could have very well been, but I, I feel like I watched the documentary of it right when it came out, and, uh, and they explained who actually made it in there, but I don't hmm. think it was Vince McMahon. Okay, moving on. So... Uh, I saw another thing just just, just came out a couple. This isn't really new so much as that I saw. It brings, allows me an excuse to talk about some 80s stuff. That Will Wheaton, did you see this? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton in a celebration. He was at an 80s-themed party, apparently. I think it was also he was celebrating his 50th birthday. Um, he went to the Halloween, uh, or he went dressed as an, a character from Star Trek The Next Generation, but not the one he played. Does anybody know what he, who he dressed as? Ooh, I want to guess Picard. Not Picard. I'll give you a hint. Uh, Will Wheaton has a beard now at the moment. Does that help oh, you at all? Uh, number one. Yes, Riker! <laughs> yeah, Riker. He went dressed as Riker, who, of course, during The Next Generation, which aired from 87 to 94, he was, t- he was a boy, so he was too young to play that character, but now he's closer in age. He, I, what I read is it's not clear whether he will actually make appearance on the new Star Trek show, Picard, which is coming out next year, but... There are some other Next Generation folks that are going to be appearing on it, so he could be one, and he might even, he could be like a Riker-type role, I would think, because he's old enough. Were you a fan of the show? I have never actually seen that show, oh. to be honest Get with you. Get out! Get out! I swear, I have not. I have Who else not. gets kicked out? Jens, did you see it? Uh, I, <clears throat> I, I watch it, but I'm not That's like not a, convincing! Stop I'm talking! I'm not a huge fan of... I'm yeah, a, I'm, I'm a Shatner Wars guy man. myself. Shane, did you watch uh, Star Trek Next Generation? I'm a Shatner guy myself oh, okay. also. 
I lo- see, yes. see, smart. Well, I watched it when it came out, but I don't remember okay. much about it. You know? I'm, I'm with you. Pretty excited about Wendy Richter and Cindy Lauper on the glow topic. <laughs> We've moved on. Yeah, it's, it's not Cindy Lauper. It's Cindy somebody else. It's Sharon yes. Dopper. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited about it. Do you think that there is a that someone who and I know you, I know Ray loves Star Wars. Is 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 it? Do you guys think that you if you love Star Wars, most likely you don't like Star Trek and vice versa? Star Wars is better, but... Yeah, I like them both, but I'm more of a Star Wars fan. Yeah. So are 90% of the world's population. The yeah, Star Wars the cool, fan. The cool 90%. Yeah, the cool 90%. The other 10% that think whatever the show we're talking about is, <laughs> is, gonna, is good. You forgot what show we're talking yeah, about already? The others yeah. can't quite decide. I can't decide. Okay, very good. So I'll be watching Star Trek Picard and neither of these guys will. None of these guys will. I won't. I'll be re-watching Goonies. Okay, so since we're in 16-bit arcade, and this just happened, uh, just I think it was just last month, July, I thought I had the date written down, but it was the beginning of July. Does anybody remember or know who Billy Mitchell is? And I'll give you a clue. We're in an arcade right now. That's why I bring this story up. No. Is he, is he the, the Pac-Man the one, guy? He is the Pac-Man guy. I was guy. just going to yeah. say, he's the cheater, isn't he? Well, oh, boy. <laughs> That's unfortunate that he's known that way. But, yeah, so if you saw the King of Kong documentary, Billy Mitchell's he's, he seems to be the bad guy in it, and seems like maybe he, well, at the time in the documentary, it seems like maybe he cheated to have his Donkey Kong score, and since then, he's been stripped of all his high scores because it was found that he most likely cheated. To have get you seen Pixels? I have not seen Pixels. The character that the... Uh, Peter Dinklage plays. Is that a Billy Mitchell? He character? actually cheats to win the original tournament oh. as a kid playing Donkey Kong. That is such. That's based on Billy Mitchell. That has to be. And then oh, he yeah, uses the same cheat codes mm-hmm. to win at Pac Man later in the oh. movie. Okay, so Billy Mitchell recently, so, one, one of his. I guess he's famous now, right? Peter Dinklage or Billy Mitchell? Both. Oh, yes. Well, yes. Well, Billy Mitchell's certainly famous among arcade nerds um, for being a cheater. And um, maybe that name is stuck because recently he went back to the Fun Spot Arcade, which I believe is in Minnesota, to recreate his perfect Pac-Man game and get to what's known as the kill screen, which is when the machine, when the game runs out of boards, the, the, the screen gets really funky. You can keep playing, but it's re- it gets really weird. Half the screen kind of is garbled pixels. Uh, in any case, he went back to recreate it, and he did. So he got every single thing you can get to get a point, including all the bonus fruit. Etc. All the power pellets, all those sorts of things. Um, but hardly anybody showed up to see him. He was actually roped off. It was kind of unfortunate looking. If you, you could look online and see this, he's sort of roped off, and there's like three people that are not even trying to get in there, but are just sort of casually watching. That's, that's like me doing karaoke at your house on New Year's Eve when we put the rope around me. Oh, we should basement. do that. <laughs> we should definitely do that. Now I've got to get some velvet. I know I'll be throwing my panties. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yes, you'd have to wear them to start. Shane... Uh. Um, they're easier to throw if he's not wearing them. Yes. He's just got a whole backpack full of them. <laughs> it hurts when I throw them and I have them on. Okay, and that was 80s news. So this is an example. This business is an example of how 80s, 1980s culture has endured, that you have a place like 16-bit uh, bar and arcade, uh, and it's, you know, there's a few of them now throughout the state of Ohio, and there's some in some of the other states. You can look it up online and get better information than I'm winging right now that are leveraging our childhoods. You know, to commercial success and more power to them. But again, um, I don't know if this speaks to the nostalgia or just how awesome these games were. Um, but something like this is very successful. Yep. Oh wow! I could have just dubbed you in saying that, <laughs> no. and I well, may yes. have. 
And so when I get back to the Rumpus Room, I plan on giving a call to Rise Brands, the parent company of 16-Bit or an arcade, with a few questions uh, as we narrow down you know, whether or not um, this experience here is one where we've got folks flocking here, flocking here for nostalgia purposes or just that the 80s arcade experience is one that's, you know, relevant to new generations today that didn't live through it. So when I get back to the Rumpus Room, I'm going to make that phone call. But just like in Bill and Ted in that uh, an excellent adventure in that police station scene where they plan on setting traps, so the traps are already set, if you follow me, I've already made that phone call in a sense, so you get to hear it now. Joining me now is the marketing manager at Rise Brands, the parent company of 16-bit bar and arcade. Please welcome Mike Clark. Hey, Mike. Hey, Will. You know, the thesis of our show is that the 80s, everything from the 80s pop culture-wise is awesome, and um, in being in 16-bit, I felt like that was confirmed um, for, for lots of reasons, but I wanted to get your take on some things. And, and to be honest with you, my first thought was before I even went there was is just is sixteen bit just a you know another cynical money grab trying to you know monetize nostalgia from my middle aged generation. I would definitely say no. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard mainly no. yeah hard no. Um, it sixteen bit started out as a passion project for our owner Troy Allen. Uh, he grew up loving. Um, all the different arcade games all and everything. And he just kind of, again, wanted to start an arcade bar and just mainly for him and his friends. And we really kind of saw it take off because we try to provide our guests with an authentic experience from the eighties and nineties. And as you can see, when you walk into our establishments that everything in there from the games, which are a hundred percent vintage, they're not remakes of any kind, to the names of our cocktails, to um, the signage, which is the super pixelated 1980s, early 90s, um, even to our name, which is 16-bit, um, and that is pays homage to um, the technology that most of our games are created on. Right. And, I, you know, uh, after being there and visiting there and then reading a little bit more about uh, Mr. Allen, I, I realized that... Uh, I was wrong, and just like you said, I wish I was impressed with the fact that he's a you know a middle aged fella just like myself that uh, enjoys these these games. So, and I understand it, it developed as a passion project, but now that it's it's up and been up and running for a few years, uh, who is your market? Who 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 do you hope to target sixteen bit to? Because I saw quite a diverse crowd there. I mean, so in the business sense, we always hope to target the. 25 to 34 year olds, like millennial quote unquote demographic. However, our brand in and of itself kind of resonates with all ages from you have people who were, I mean, we have people come in who are six years old who kind of grew up and their kids loved it. And it's reminiscent of that time to the people who actually grew up in the eighties, early nineties. And then you also have, the generations after that. And as you can see, even like hell in fashion and literally everything in the world right now, the nineties are coming back. God bless. Um, (laughs) so we'll see if, and so are the eighties, like whether it's the fashion, whether it's, um, the type of music that's out there. So it is a huge, we kind of see a huge like trend in all aspects, um, of the market. So, you know, I, you don't have to tell me your age, right? Um, but what decade? What decade would you consider your decade that you 
you know, you're a child of what, what decade? I'm an 80s kid, as you probably guessed. Yeah, so um, I was born in the 90s, like in 1990. Okay. So I, my formative years were early 2000s. However, I still remember all the like 90s references, whether it's Clueless and um, like I know we have a bunch of Rugrats and Hulk Hogan and all of those type of ones. The 80s, I know the big ones, but some of the um, more outline references, I kind of have to look up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, no, not a problem. And, and the reason I ask is because, um, you know, your comment, and I think it was somewhat tongue-in-cheek, that, you know, maybe not. Maybe, you're, maybe you are hearkening for the 90s when you said, you know, the 90s seem to be becoming more popular now. Um, you know, God bless us, I think. Um, one of the things now, now I'm just talking to you just generally here. It seems like, because one of the things I struggle with as a person, and again, the thesis of the show being that the eighties was the best decade was after the eighties, I don't really know what pop culture was. And I don't think it's for lack of paying attention. It was, it it feels like things to me after that just became this sort of amorphous blob. There's no standout. Um, I don't know, maybe not standout moments, but there's no feeling or, I don't know, tone or energy that I can, you know, put to the 90s, for example, or the 2000s, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't feel like there's something that defines them in the way that the 80s and even some other decades were defined. So I don't, if 90s are getting popular, I don't know what that would be. Do you, do you think that 16-bit would um, change, therefore, as, as other, these other decades come into fashion, or is, is 16-bit sticking with its sort of more throwback 80s uh, vibe? Troy is very obsessed with the 80s and 90s, so I don't think that we would ever change. Like, we wouldn't go early 2000s. Um, as you go around, like you said, the 80s are so iconic. Um, and I don't see that ever not being a cool thing, whether it's an 80s costume party or anything. But I think that, again, the 80s are so iconic as opposed to the 90s where and I grew up in the 90s when, like, okay, you had grunge, and you had, like, inflatable chairs and, like, <laughs> gnarly, gnarly fashion. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, even 90s bar crawls, I'm like, hey, do I wear denim and flannel? Like, that's not fun. I'd rather wear, like, spandex. And- <laughs> I had forgotten about the inflatable chair craze. I guess I'm uh, inflatable. I didn't forget about it so much as I don't, I just don't, I don't recall uh, that. That's I know. My, all my sisters had them. It's like inflatable chairs, body glitter, clear cell phones. I'm like, what did we spend our money on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, I guess probably most people can look back at their youth and say that same thing. So it it, it, it delights me that um, the and it, and it supports our thesis here on our show that you know these things are celebrated apart from nostalgia. You know, I. I Sure, I feel nostalgic for the 80s and things from the 80s, but I, I enjoy the pop culture, and I think I would, even if I hadn't grown up in that generation, you know. Um, and it seems like the patrons at 16-bit uh, feel the same. Yeah, absolutely. I just was seeing quite the accomplishment there in Indianapolis with the newest 16-bit bar and arcade. Um, it makes me want to, you know, get a road trip together now with my uh, team here. Um, two floors of arcade, is that right? Yeah, it's two floors. Um, I think it comes out to about uh, 8,000 8 to 10,000 square feet. Um, it's massive. It has, I think it's 50 arcade games. There's skee-ball up there as well. It's very similar to our Dublin location, um, which is a side-by-side of our other location, which is Penn's. Um, yeah, it's much. those two are much larger than the, the OGs, which are 
Columbus, downtown Cleveland, and Cincinnati. You know, I can't imagine. So we'll have to make that make that trip. Uh, again, I, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the Idiots. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. So, because I thought Ray, what we could do is there's a frogger over there, and that's a legitimate frogger, you not mean like the game that, I kicked your ass. Not in? that one you cheated on back at the house in our main arcade cabinet, but that funky joystick. All right, so if we had a pencil <laughs> and some paper, we could write down scores. Right, I do have that. I have those things. And then we have that technology. Who's the bestest uh, gamer? Okay. All right. This is the rematch of the century. So, who goes first during rematch? The the uh, winning the uh, reigning champion. Okay. Hmm. Should be able to work no matter what. This is going to decide if we play. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, here I go. Okay, so this is the rematch. Ray is already proving that, uh, like I suspected. Oh, no, he took a dunk in the water, but he made it that far. He's actually on the road right now, and just as I thought, he is a talented Frogger player. I think I was out of this. Oh, no, he's back in the water again. He made it as far as the turtles. Okay, he's, he's no, the traffic is no problem for him at this level. The cars are pretty slow. He's making it to his first frog uh, home. Okay, he's back at the road now. This is his second frog. Um, I think unlike the match we had at the Idiots Arcade, he is going to uh, maybe get all of these frog uh, places filled. He's actually got two now, and he's back at the front road. This does seem to be a lot slower than the game we, the version we played. Um, so I may actually not die right away myself. Um... Oh, he just showed some real talent where he was on a log and he actually had to back up for a second back to a row of turtles and then jump back onto a log to get into the frog house. He's back at the road here. Okay, he's making his way to the turtles. He's getting on the turtles. I already see this segment's going to just have to be edited to the end, the conclusion of how it went. Okay, he's only got one more frog house to make it to. And I think we could be sure that Ray is... I don't know that I've ever... Oh, he just died. Oh, he's out of lives. Okay, so... 4,630. What was it? 4,630. All right, so now it's my turn here. I'll give you the microphone. You want to hear it? Yeah, all right. So now Will is going to bring his inadequate skills to the the Frogger. Here he goes. He's running around like a lunatic. Um, He's about to jump on a turtle. It's going to dis. No, it didn't disappear on him. Somehow he jumped right in the water. He thought he was going to swim in, but, you know. But he made a quick break for it, and he's in the water again. Uh, my high score is still on the screen at the moment, and he's taking his time. He thinks this thing's not timed. Oh, he missed the fly. The fly would have actually got him back in this thing. Do now I he's. I don't know. He's. Well, I'm talking while I'm that watching. A bad That's frog? a bad frog. Don't touch it. So now he's. So you got 790 points. So once again, I've proved my Frogger superiority. So joining me now is uh, a good friend of mine, Brett. And I wanted to talk to Brett because, um, you know, as we spend time here in 16-bit bar uh, and arcade... 
I'm starting to realize that um, or wonder how the, the um, experience here in an arcade or in an arcade rather in the 1980s, let's say, compares to the video game experience today where I guess virt- I guess a virtual arcade today would be playing games online maybe where you meet yeah, people. Yeah, I guess multiplayer, yeah. massively multiplayer. And, there's, and those are hugely popular now. Yeah. Um, and I know, and you're the only person I could think of that has had <laughs> both experiences. Obviously, I've been in an arcade, but True. you worked in an arcade. You're an idiot just like I am, a middle-aged oh, yeah. man. So you worked in an arcade as a young man, and um, now you play video games online like a middle-aged Way man. Way too much. That's my <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> she misses you. She sent this note. Um, so maybe you should take us back first, um, yeah. working in an arcade. I don't know what kind of picture you can paint for us or... Um, well, it was Midway Mall in Elyria. Okay. Back when malls were awesome. So, Elyria, Ohio. Yeah, Elyria, Ohio. And uh, we were at the end of a, end of it like a, a big hallway, and pretty popular. A lot of kids come through. And, you know, I was, I think it was in college, just graduating high school, something like that. Okay. <clears throat> and it was, it was just very uh, electric. I want to say, <laughs> which I mean, it's it sounds I don't know redundant. Yeah, but it was I, the place to be. Mean? Yeah, um, especially when I worked on you know, Friday nights, Saturday oh, sure. nights. Um, we would get a new game, and just to be packed, there'd be thirty people around it, and it was just amazing. Was there a certain night that new games came out? Like, so people knew to be there on a Friday night or something. Oh yeah, like today's Tuesday DVDs. Yes, yeah. yeah um, that's what I was thinking. No, there wasn't. The, the downside is, you know, we're at Lens Castle. We were a smaller store, and the big store was in Parma, Ohio. Okay. And they got all, like, the Class A games, like every new game, the big two-seaters and all that stuff that, like, I G-Lock see. and all those cool Terminator, you know, things like that. It's because you need more floor space to fit Yeah, them, more or? floor space, and they had more. They are busier. They I made, see. They made more money than us. Um, so we would get hand-me-down games that... We were getting an occasional new release, but we got these hand-me-down games that actually were still really good games, you know. I, I think I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather that, yeah. maybe because, you know, I like the older games. Yeah, exactly. Um, our most popular game to date, well, ever since well, since I left, was Pac-Man. Wow, um, that's, you know, that's going yeah. back further than I would even have guessed. Totally Pac-Man. Like, adults, kids, everyone would play that game. That, Miss Pac-Man... Uh, not sure how you really say it, but I called it Galaga. But it was uh, it was it was great. There was only one person. I was there with my maroon vest. <laughs> with it was maroon. Yes, <laughs> I can picture this now. Yeah, totally. This is like straight out of Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, it, it totally it. is. <laughs> uh, neon signs, just like Stranger Things in the mall. If you saw I the can latest, hear the buzzing. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> buzzing. Yeah, total buzzing. Uh, I had the wad of money in my hand <laughs> I had it all counted out I had uh, $20 in ones I remember to this day $20 in ones every five ones were reversed so I knew exactly how much I was given so that people couldn't wow. try to shortchange me if they thought that I gave them less money than they gave uh, two fives a ten and a twenty that's what I carried around and did you have one of those quarter dispensing <laughs> things you wore in your no, I didn't. Ching, ching. no the, the change was in a pocket in the front oh okay we operated on tokens. I see. Which was kind of nice because they would always give deals. You get five tokens for a dollar. And that was a big draw versus the other quarter games. The other right. arcades that give you quarter. Screw Parma. <laughs> I don't know if they had tokens or not. but Yeah, I don't know. 
I think you got 30 tokens for five bucks. And I want to say 120 for twenty dollars. Wow! Like I think you. I would guess as a young person, you had a really strong back since you had a belly, essentially a belly full. Oh, I didn't carry those. <laughs> oh, you did. Okay. No, no, those were those were in the uh, in the back behind the lock and key kind of thing. We had to we no, had to roll I, them. But the uh, the token you said you had the tokens in the or was it change in a, in, a, in your vest or a? it was my vest. Yeah, it was changed. So I would think because it's leaning you forward, your muscles you need to pull back. <laughs> Your back would be like super strong. Well, I was young and yes, yeah. virile. <laughs> um, the tokens were in a, a hopper, a big giant machine that you put in money and it shoots them out at you. We used to have to um, uh, reload them. And it was a good story once when <laughs> I was there before the store opened, reloading the hoppers. There's three of them in each machine, and they hold about three thousand tokens apiece. Wow, which is a lot. Yeah, really sure. heavy. Um, and they all come forward. They're locked by a bar that holds them all together, and they tip forward about uh, 30 degrees so you can load them up. Okay. If you remove that bar while you're oh, yeah. tipping them forward, <laughs> then they do fall. They're just all loose. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was me on the ground with about 9,000 tokens on me. So it sounded like someone hit the jackpot. <laughs> yeah. Like the slots or something. All it took was me to you know, have to get up and pick them all up. You know, the wow. manager was there laughing at me. <laughs> Must have happened to him. You probably, yeah, it probably happens to everybody once. <laughs> yeah, right. But never again. Never again. Yeah, I never did. Never so again. what was the, did it, look, I don't want to, I'm not trying to make it something it wasn't. Because, yeah. you know, be honest. But did you feel a sense of community at the arcade? Did you see the same folks and kids? Did they? Yeah, totally. In fact, one of my really good friends I still talk to, I met at the arcade a long wow. time ago. Um, he, he was kind of my runner. So we couldn't leave the arcade. And so he, I just, he would give me food from the food court, and I would give him free games. <laughs> I called him my runner. Um, but I met a lot of people. We'd have the same kind of people on you know, Fridays, Saturdays, um, every week. They would show up, spend 20 bucks, get really good at these games, and just have a blast. And I would just wow. sit there and talk to them and watch them play all night. As an employee, we were uh, not allowed to play on okay. the clock. Um, so it was kind of a big deal when you clocked out. And then right. you could go and... You hung up the apron. Yeah, hung up the apron. So <laughs> like you can play games, but you got to take the apron off. You're not representing <laughs> yeah. the Aladdin... What is it? Aladdin? Lens Castle. Aladdin's Castle. Um, yeah, so then you take it off, you go out there, and then you get to destroy people because you've been watching them play and studying them oh, for the last wow. five hours. Yes. <laughs> um, it's very... It was very nice. Now, when you were, when you were working, though, when you have the vest on... Were you allowed to to help people out like Pac-Man? And then you want to go up mm. here or left or right. Or you know the, yeah, here's the sure. Konami code for Contra. Yeah, yeah, right. Could you do that kind of stuff? Um, you could. Yeah, anything you want. It's to make people happy, I guess. Right. And that included it. Um, a lot of people, it was mostly just running around getting tokens that got stuck in the machines. <laughs> <laughs> and then more people would throw some in and there'd be like 20 in there by the time they called me. <laughs> right. Um, Machines were all set to a certain difficulty level um, yeah. by home office. Like, right. we had no control over it. The phone would ring. <laughs> hey, I need you to bump up the difficulty level on June. Donkey Kong I know. Junior. They had this whole thing where they would token count. Like, however oh, many tokens okay. something brought in. Yeah. You know, if it was too little, then they would make it easier and kind of... Oh, sure. So then the more people would play it. And then 
when too many people played, they raised it up and they would die in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's, in- what's interesting is it creates this psychological phenomenon where people, me- meantime, are thinking they got really good or really bad <laughs> yeah. at a game. That's Not realizing true, yeah. it's economics. In a matter of weeks. <laughs> I used to be so bad at this game, I'm crushing. <laughs> and then a week later, they're terrible again. But yeah, totally. It's, um, it was such a, a good atmosphere. I really enjoyed it. I guess I, I spent maybe uh, four years working there, pretty much through college. And um, I just uh, I met a lot of good friends. And it was just the time, time to be there. Uh, not like today. I mean... We do play online, and we kind of, you, you can use your headsets and talk to people, but you don't see them. You yeah. have no idea where they are, who they are or what they are. There is something different about that. Do you, now, so you, you do play online, so I'm trying, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm thinking of sort of analogous things to today and trying to then reach back into, you know, the 80s or, or arcades yeah. in the 80s. So was there a analog for today's trolls online? I play online, as you know, and mm-hmm. there's a couple things here. You get... People that troll you, you know, so they yeah. either they're really good at the game, but and most oftentimes they're cheating. I have, you know, they use mods, and <laughs> so they're cheating. Yeah. But not only do they do that, but then they brag about how good they are. Uh. In an arcade, was there some sort of analog where the best player in the arcade was also someone who was going around making fun of people who were, you know, green? I want to think back to, you know, this is all going back to like kind of when the fighting games broke out. Okay, that was really the the epitome of. Uh, you versus someone else. Right. Which were huge money makers back in the day. <laughs> but but that was the thing. I mean, this was before really the internet hit. Uh, you had to get like a book um, to kind of kind of tell you the moves. You had to discover them. Right. And people would discover them as they played. And then, you know, I would write them down on a piece of paper, <laughs> <laughs> a notepad to see, you know, oh, what was that finishing move, you know, and how'd you do that? How'd you even figure that out? There's just so many different right. buttons and keys, five buttons and a joystick. And then um, and then you spread that around, and people were appreciative, and then they wanted to play more, and you made friends because they're like, oh, you're the guy that knows how to do Sub-Zero's finishing move and pull the dude's spine out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. How did you do that horrible thing? <laughs> so, it does, again, look, I'm not trying to make paint 80s is great, and although, yeah, that's what the show yeah, is about. Well, I guess it is. Um, <laughs> but... Today, I guess, like you said, you meet some people online, you know, I, I've got friends I play with online, and I would consider them friends, although, you know, I haven't met most of them, but yeah. some few number of people are generous with their information, but then, yeah, it seems like the vast majority of people online now are just, you know, they'd rather, they want to be the top dog, so the more information they, they can hoard, you know, they, they, the better for them. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I think, you know, the internet has kind of created that, where you you can be... You want to be the top dog, and you want to get praise from somebody, from all yep. the people below you, I guess. It really wasn't a thing back in the arcade. No. Um, people were just there to have fun, and you wanted to kind of, you know, back in the fighting games, you want to watch somebody, because, you know, he'd be playing for a half hour right. on one token, yeah. <laughs> beating everybody. <laughs> one token. And the guy right. that beats him is like a little five-year-old kid who just goes up and smashes the buttons because the guy has oh, no. no offense whatsoever. <laughs> There's no programmable offense, and you can't defend against it. So, And it just goes around and smacks the button. The Wait, guy. are you saying the best guy in the arcade is playing against five-year-olds? Yeah. That's awful. Anybody anybody can do it. I see, because he just stays there, and the other people have to buy into the game because yeah, right. so, yeah, the character's still The guy alive. that wins stays on there. 
<laughs> and then awful. so they line up the tokens, right. rust tokens on top of the marquee. Right. And then, you know, you just go down the line and people will just be so mad <laughs> right. because the guy, they can't beat him, they can't figure him out or whatever. And, uh, and it just takes a little five-year-old kid to come by and just destroy him. <laughs> oh, the five-year-old wins. Yeah, the five-year-old oh, wins. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he's button smashing. Yeah, because he's just smashing buttons, and you have I no idea what he's doing. Something. Oh, I see. That. And he's yeah. discovering moves as he's doing it. You're right. You know, <laughs> I guess that would be the scariest opponent, or scarier, I say scariest opponent to face in real life, too. <laughs> if you're yeah, right. facing off against somebody's wild card. You made me think of something else. That's um, true. Which, um, <laughs> which is escaping me now. Um, but the idea that uh, I guess I guess another analog. I always, you know, my my daughter, my oldest daughter, and even younger children do mm-hmm. these things online. You know, when, I don't remember what they call them when you watch someone playing a game. I don't know. I forget what they call it. There's some some kind of name for it. But you watch someone play a video game. Oh, like YouTube. streaming. Yeah, you don't play the game. You watch someone else play yeah. it. And I always kind of came down on that. I said, why don't you just play the game? Like a Twitch or something. Yeah. But in the arcade, there was a there was a joy. And even if you couldn't afford to play, you know, oh, yeah, totally. or you're waiting for your quarters to come, to see somebody playing, you know, it was some sort of theatrical. Yeah, it was. So maybe I maybe I shouldn't be so hard on my daughter because of that. <laughs> Although again, it seems different. Maybe I'm just old saying this. That it seems mm-hmm. to be different to be standing with someone who's doing it. It's more of an experience, and, and again, theatrical in the sense that it's live. Yeah. And sitting at home on your couch or with your headset on, you know, watching on your phone. Uh, yeah, you don't see anybody. I mean, you could play with someone from the other side of the world, like in Germany or something, but you'd have no idea anything yeah. about him. You, yeah. you'd never really talk to him. Yes. Yeah, you know. Learn, you can't go to, you know, have a drink with him somewhere. No, he might murder you. You can't go to 16-bit arcade with him. Right. You know? Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting someone I, I played with, play with online recently, and <laughs> you have to go yeah. through this whole sort of dance almost because... First of all, we don't know who's going to murder whom, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't until, it wasn't until I remember, you know, my family went and met her family and I, it wasn't until we were parting that she said something to her husband, like we mm-hmm. survived another one, uh, you know, where, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's again, arcade, you can see who you're dealing with, yep. you know, and, and that's generational too, because back in the day, it was pretty safe. Like my parents would let me roam around the arcade while they went and shopped for, Right. A pretty good amount of time. You're right. And, you know, I don't know if I looked at the attendant guy as, you know, like, to take care Dad? of me. But <laughs> yeah. get But there was never a problem. Like, I never, yeah. there was never any, there was nothing of that sort. Right. There's no fear of being hurt at all. So were there any fights that would break out in the arcade over some heated matches? Yeah, there was. Okay. Yeah, I had security there a pretty good amount of times. <laughs> really? So was yeah. it the mall security? Yeah, yeah mall, mall security. security. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they come out with their stun guns or whatever. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, makes yeah. the eighties sound a little less, you know, idyllic, but but um, yeah, but still, you know, of course. But that you was, fought in person. But that was early nineties. <laughs> you didn't. But you didn't troll. Yeah, you used your fists. Oh, it was the nineties. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that, the fights happened in the nineties. Yeah, not the, yeah, early nineties. So fights. Okay, <laughs> we'll write that off then. So, playing now, you know, again, you're a gamer now. Um, yeah. I guess that's all we got. I mean, look, we have places like 16-bit uh, mm-hmm. bar and arcade. Um, but the, you know, you know, I should say one thing that's really encouraging about 16-bit. I'm yeah. finding is that uh, young people seem to be, and this is what we're trying to really find out with you know doing this episode is whether or not the allure of an arcade in the arcade games. And maybe it's not the games. Look, they can play the games on their phones, right? Yeah. Totally. Or on their computers on an emulator. But people are coming to barcades. They're popular now. Yeah. 
And, you know, the thesis of one of the, I guess the overall thesis of the show is that pop culture from the 80s is better, will fight your decade. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious to find out whether young people were drawn to here. Because if young people are drawn to this type of place, which they are, clearly, yeah. um, it's not about the nostalgia. People will say that we come or we mm-hmm. go because we're old. You know, this is yeah. what we had when we were kids. But it seems like young people, they have something else. I spoke to a woman here who mm-hmm. um, chased me away because she said she didn't want to talk about the 1980s because she said, and I quote, I'm just a baby. I don't know anything about the 80s. She <laughs> was playing Donkey Kong at the oh. time. She told me this. So I said to her, do you know when this game came out? Yeah. Her answer was go away. But, you know, it's interesting <laughs> that they love, they're interested in these things, you know, these games that came out in this era that they don't even know anything about. So, yeah. what was my point? It, it, well, I don't know, but it's interesting that... <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting that they they go back and they want to play those old games because you know admit it that it's not the best graphics and the sound is you know not the best either. I, something about that sound though, right? It, and maybe that's just yeah, the high pitch twingy. Like yeah, it's like I mean, that crunchy music. And yeah, that. yeah, that's true. Um, but maybe the not to get too deep, but to get somewhat deep, you know, it's kind of like that idea that. Um, maybe because it is the graphics aren't as good the music's not as good that it leaves that such room for imagination you know the games yeah. are easy to jump into because they're simple you don't need an instruction manual they printed all the instructions off, whatever <laughs> they could fit around the joystick and buttons yeah that's right or on the sides of the you know the bevel the yep. bezel yep. that's all you got so it's easy to jump in and then you had all this space to imagine sort of you know I don't know being on an adventure I guess even if you're munching dots yeah yeah just Dot lunch. Dot, yeah. <laughs> well, Brett, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I think, in the very least, you have confirmed some yeah. of my suspicions, which, look, again, I'm biased. So, And I know you'll be biased if I were to even ask you if the 80s were a better decade. Yeah, maybe. totally. Okay, so there you go. Um, I admit it. <laughs> but, again, you know, it's, it's objective. And when I can rely on mm-hmm. you who experienced an arcade firsthand, worked one uh, in your youth, and played video games today, you can't argue with that. That's... yeah. And I, there's a definite difference, but I'm glad I was able to do both. Uh, I kind of feel sad that people aren't allowed to, or not able to go and see what I witnessed back in the day. Yeah, you can kind of get that at 16-bit arcade. Yes. Um, hopefully, you make some friends. There was plenty of friends when at Land's Castle. They would meet up and play and go have lunch in the food court or whatever. And, it definitely formed bonds and, and it brings definitely, people together. And even being in 16-bit just a short time, I've seen that, you know, I'm learning that there's some regulars that, that come here, met some regulars that come here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does seem a little bit like that. And, you know, my hope is, I guess, that they're gathering, at least in part, for the, the games of our youth. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks, Brett. You're welcome. Thank you. Let's just look around and reminisce here, okay? So, um... So, yeah, they have a ton of different video games here from different eras. Most of them, a lot of these are really some of the first video games I remember playing in arcades and candy shops and restaurants near me when I grew up. Well, yeah, you got, you got a lot of the big ones in here. You got Donkey Kong. That's a big one. You got, um, well, I see Tron right there. I can tell you the first time I played Donkey Kong was in South Jersey. Uh, at a candy store near my cousin. Um, they had Donkey Kong there. I have never actually played Donkey Kong on an arcade machine. Oh, okay. I feel cheated in my youth. We'll have to remedy that then uh, right after we get done here. Yeah. 
Um, What's the oldest game here that you remember playing? What's like one of the, among the? It's got to be Centipede. Centipede. Yeah, that's a classic. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't beat Centipede. Yep. Because you actually you got the sit down version too. I never cared for those sit down ones. You mean like those? Uh, with the class yeah, but when tops. you're like me, when I was a kid, I was three foot tall. Yeah. So the sit down version well, sure. was great. I had to get a box or a okay, yeah, you know, a bar stool or something, something to stand on so I could play these stand up yeah. games because I was short. I think you may be retconning how old you were when it came out. You weren't five. What? I mean, you were nineteen. That's what oh, I said. Okay, this came out in nineteen eighty. All right, so you were nine years old. All right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like three foot tall yeah, when Centipede right. came you're out. Right. You, now you remind me. I didn't remember. You're right. At the place I would play games, they had those boxes. Yeah, they for had kids. the. Uh, the milk like carton. apple crate. Yeah, yeah the carton. apple crates or yeah. the milk crates. Yeah. And you'd stand on those to play because they knew where the money was. Yeah. Hey, kid, you got quarters? Yes. Of course I got quarters. Here's a milk crate. <laughs> Hop up there and play this game all afternoon. For free. You get to use the milk carton for free. Yep. Until you run out of quarters, then get out of my place. Yeah. When, I was lucky because, um, so between my elementary school, which in New Jersey we called grammar school. You ever hear that phrase, grammar school? No? Yeah, I've heard it. Okay. Yes. So we yeah. went to grammar school. Actually, I think I went to grammar school. Did you? Thank you. Well, you need to go to grammar school, Pokemon. Pokemon is Japanese, so it doesn't count for grammar school. Wow. You know, if this turns out to be right, you've got this international flavor that I didn't know well, about. Unfortunately for me, I'm give and take. Some days I sound smart, and other days I just sound <laughs> really stupid. And then you listen to the podcast, and you're like, oh, no. And then you edit it and make me sound stupid. Oh, so. Oh. <laughs> I thought you'd say the opposite. All right, very clever. But in this, between walking from grammar school, I'm sorry, walking from home <laughs> to grammar school, first there was a little candy store, and that candy store, they had three games. And I don't, they rotated them in and out, as they did most places. But there's when I first saw Moon Patrol. I saw Jungle Hunt was there. Oh, Jungle Hunt's classic. Yes, yeah, again. Eventually they had Temple of Doom, Rastan. Remember Rastan? Golden Axe. Um, but then, just, just I think two doors down, eventually this... Another sort of candy store, but it was more where the bad kids hung out and smoked. Because uh, it was a little bit bigger in the back. They had a lot more arcade games. And so there's when I first saw um, Centipede was first there. Yeah. Mr. Do, Mr. Do's Castle they had there. Oh, yeah, I remember those. Uh, one of my favorites, Major Havoc. Do you remember that? It was one of the um, ve- uh, vector-type graphics. And I think it had like a... I absolutely hate vector games. Oh, right. We talked about this with Mike Gideon that time. I didn't want to bring that up when we were interviewing... Um, Mike. Mike, because he said that was his favorite. Yeah. So I just bit my tongue. But, oh. But, hey, guy, uh, I don't like those games. Well, I like them. And, and actually, standing right, right behind us here is... It says Empire Strikes Back, but I, I believe that's actually a that game, Star Wars impossible. game. Impossible. I love that game. I've already... Impossible. I was playing it earlier, and I got through the Death Star at least once, maybe twice. I um, can't even get it to start. Oh, it's, okay. I'll have to show you that game. one, too. Right, make yeah. it a list now. Donkey Kong, we're going to show you See, uh, I like Star Wars. Space Invaders is one of the earliest games I remember. Centipede. Centipede, yeah. Um, Frogger, obviously. Um, Donkey Kong. Mario Brothers. That's a good one. I love that original Mario Brothers with the turtles. We got Defender. Um, there's Pac-Man. Uh, Super Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of Pac-Man games Pac-Man. floating around this place. How, what are your feelings about Tron? Did you like the movie Tron? I, I love the movie Tron. But the game, see, me and my friends went out in the yard, yeah. and we oh. got wiffle ball bats and Frisbees. Right. And we made our own version of Tron. <laughs> and it hurt. No quarters necessary. Yeah. Yeah. We did that, and too. As soon as we got yelled at for that, we switched to playing mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. I see. Yeah. Which just involved a wiffle ball bat, and only one person had one, and everybody ran. Mm-hmm. And we got in trouble for playing that. Oh. So that's how we I discovered Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> 
<laughs> where we worshipped Satan until our parents found out about that. You remind me, my friends and I, we played Tron too, but one of my friends, uh, who shall remain nameless, uh, even though the statute of limitations probably expired. But doesn't he have a, can't you just give a first name? Uh, I don't know that he wants me giving his first name even. He's in a witness protection program. Is it one of those names that's just so uncommon uh, that it would give him away? In New Jersey, it's probably a pretty common name. Like but, Tony? Um, let's just say Tony. So All my right, friend, let's call him Tony. My friend Tony. Um, but that's not his name, right? That is not his name. I don't like it. But Can we switch <laughs> to his real name? <laughs> Tony stole, right? I mean, come on, let's just see what it is. He bar- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. He stole from some construction site, flashing lights that you know were warning people from oncoming, you know, or, or men at work. It was a uh, blue colored uh, plastic on lights in, in this metal box, and he brought it. And said, "Hey, you know, maybe you can use this for something, and you know, be cool." So I, I took it apart, and we took off the thick, really thick plastic, heavy covers that made the lights seem blue. Those immediately became Tron laser discs or whatever they were oh, called, nice. data discs. We would throw that at each other. If you got hit, you, you could break a bone with that thing. <laughs> I remember someone throwing it in my, my parents' basement. It just sunk right into the sheetrock behind me. You know? I bet so, your dad loved that. Not so much. Then we would move for my, my dad, no. If anything was even just a little bit off, he would be furious. So we'd just move a chair over and cover that up, right? We'll just cover that <laughs> right over, you know. But um, so... Um, see what else they have. Robo- oh, Robotron. So, how are you with games that require two hands? You, you got two joysticks, one hand on each joystick at the same time. Yeah, I'm gonna say pass. no. Hard pass. I like that game a lot because of that. No, I, I like one hand on a joystick or thing, and maybe three buttons max. Three buttons max. And like then that. I lose interest. As you saw when I was playing Centipede, I was doing really well on my yeah. first turn, and then <laughs> I, mean, I just got, lost interest. You got bored. So that's why you like Golden Axe, because that's a joystick and three buttons, I think, right? Yeah, Golden Axe is just whoop-ass all the way through, yeah. throwing bombs in the air. and, and yeah, it's also I like those games. plays into your fantasy RPG uh, love Yeah, of that goes back things. to my love of Dungeons & Dragons, Conan the Barbarian, Jason and the Argonauts. Right. goes back to that stuff. I love adventure games, so which is ironic, because I don't play any of the modern ones. Any of the modern uh, RPG-type video games. Yeah. Because you have to go online and talk to people and interact. (laughs) It is odd in a sense that, well, I I guess I was going to say, talking about the 1980s, the arcade was a social experience because you could meet friends to play video games, or you made friends playing video games. and a kid who was playing really well would have a crowd around him. Right. And you could be an arcade star. True, right. Playing games. Yeah. And now, eh. Yeah, you, you're online and people are talking about yo mama and yeah. whatever they talk about, and it doesn't matter how good you are. Somebody else is trolling you, or, or they know you're good, but it's by some alias. You know, your whatever. <laughs> yeah, the aliases are pretty pretty funny. Some of them. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah. So you remind me, you know, that experience in arcade that only if you're an '80s kid you knew that if you wanted to play next, what did you do? You put a quarter. On the game. You put a quarter on the game. Get your or you took up. a black marker and wrote your name on the side of it. <laughs> you say, get out of here. Your name's not on it. Exactly. And then you say, no, 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 actually here. This is me over here, Ray. But, you know, and I remember you talking about people being really good. Then you kind of, you know, there's a few quarters up and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to get my quarter back. Uh, take that back down. Well, the cool thing, though, was is people are really good. With these games, you can learn how to play the game better. So if okay. you watch oh, okay. them, yep. you can see the patterns they were doing. Right. And if you could figure them out, then you got better at the game. Right. Yeah, we were talking about Billy Mitchell earlier, the game of Pac-Man. A lot of people just memorize certain patterns, and that's how they 
beat it because the ghosts respond like the same way every time. Yeah, if you you're like a super genius, you can you can figure out that pattern and beat the game over and over again yeah. because you could just follow the patterns. But you have to one be like a, a math genius, I think. <laughs> I have no basis for that opinion, but I, I, math seems to be mm-hmm. like involved with these things. Yeah, okay. I'm sure logic, some kind of so math and logic are sort of the yeah. same side of your or brain. I prefer just you know household luck, right? Instinct. I like that better. Instinct. Yeah. Um. So you know, and again, now I'm thinking because you know, every episode we try to make a point about the 1980s. Mm-hmm. It, I, I like what you're hitting upon here. That the idea that um, oh, oh, you're making your comment comparing it to online because even though online, you know, I play games online. You know that PlayStation Four. I've got a lot of friends online, but there is a different experience than being in the real world, knowing someone's real name, seeing their face, you know, whatever, uh, buying them a Coke. Yeah, being at, uh, here at 16-Bit, we're standing, people are laughing, they're having a good time, and you, there's something very different about standing in front of a game in a crowded room and just playing the game. Yeah. And it's a different experience than sitting at home on your couch playing the game. Yeah, it's uh, it's so much cooler. And you know, you, you were saying earlier about trolls. You didn't have trolls in an arcade because you had. Well, you a, did. What was they, a troll? They were there? smoking cigarettes, wearing black jackets, <laughs> and they were like leaning against because you could smoke in everything back then. So yes. there's like the one guy who's like um, sitting like across the room, and he's like in high school because in high school he's, everybody smoked and drank. He's a little older than yeah. most of the other kids. Well, he's here. still in high school though. Oh, okay, and he's yelling at you, "You suck at centipede!" Oh. You should have went left when you went right. You know, you're right. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Nobody gave two poops about what he had to say. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something different, but you know, I'm cleaning it's, it's it up too late for now. the, the podcast. The um, well, we're going to edit everything Shane yeah, said out That anyway, whole segment's so. gone. But, you know, I don't remember having too many trolls, but you're right. There were those people who would lean over your shoulder and, and try hey, and no, help. Do this, do that. Mm-hmm. No, back up, man. I got this. I got this. I'm but glad. Yeah, that, um, yeah, you would have the people who would try and help you play the games. They were you some yeah. creepy old guy. Yeah. And sometimes you didn't, if you made, it created more pressure and made you more nervous to have somebody who's better at the game trying to tell you how to play the game. But the cool side of that was they weren't trying to be creepy. Yeah. They were actually trying to help you get better at the game. Yeah, that's true. So I'm that's glad. the weird thing about the 80s is you had creepy guys trying to help you play <laughs> video games who actually wanted to help you, but you also had some jackass in the back of the room yelling at you, you suck. But then you had all these people who were like, yeah, we're all having fun. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> So, here we go. I think <laughs> we have proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that the experience of going to the arcade in the 80s yeah. was better than anything you're going to get today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, hey, look no further than 16-bit. It's got, uh, you know, a booming business here, 16-bit bar and arcade here in Lakewood, Ohio. But they're throughout the state of Ohio, and, and there's others throughout other, in other states. Yeah, I think this thing's in a lot of places, but I think if you're in the area, check it out. Yeah, and unlike, uh, you know, you can actually make some actual friends in, by making human contact with creepy guys. <laughs> and you know what I just realized? We're the creepy guys now. Oh, no, boy. because we don't have mustaches. Oh, okay. All right, so hey, for, uh, signing off here from his 16-bit bar and arcade, we'll talk to you next time on The Idiots. See ya. See ya.